Six minutes past four, Mukona Justice Marandela on Twitter there, giving us a shout out all the way from Honeydew. Thank you very much for doing that, family. And if you've just tuned in, well, uh, good morning to you. We now get into our trending topics. Trending news right now. What's happened in the world of social media? We unpack that in terms of the last 24 hours. Joined by Lorato Tseking, founder and CEO of Decode Communications and social commentator. How are you on this Wednesday, Lorato? I'm very well, Asanda. Good morning to you and the listeners. But uh, at 4.03, I was sitting in the back. Uh, uh, ESCOM did its thing. ESCOM is do, doing its thing and, uh, yeah, don't even know how we feel about it. Now, I think also the latest for me is just driving past these dark streets and dark areas and suburbs. And it just, it's just, it's so strange. It's just really strange. <laughs> and it's just pitch black. One of our listeners, Opa, was also saying, it feels like I'm driving past a ghost town when everything is just dark. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm glad that we charged our phones and we can get a hold of you. Yes. Today, yes. let's talk about hashtag Gyanki first. Proceedings getting heated there. Tuesday's section 194 inquiry hearings. Uh, and this was as advocate Dalim Pofu was issuing a threat and a promise to chairperson Richard Gyanki. Yes. Uh, you, you know, as expected, anything that has to do with uh, advocate Dalim Pofu, as we've got him to getting used to it, uh, over time now that you know from the from the uh, Marikana uh, commission uh, you know many years ago where where he you know he he, he showed some temper uh, you know to even the, the the recent you know the the state capture commission where he had said to another to, to another uh, colleague uh, an advocate uh, said to, to her uh, shut up uh, and even you know in, in the in the recent uh, hearings where where the, the constitutional court judges were sitting in the interviews, uh, so so it's it's almost uh, we have become used to expecting that there would be an outburst of some sort when he does not get his way, and as it was the case uh, yesterday with uh, the the section one nine four committee where the chairperson. Uh, decided uh, to continue with the hearing when uh, there was a you know a clear uh, issue around uh, advocate uh, Busun Kobane, the uh, suspended public protector. Mm-hmm. Uh, although the, you know the, the, the court had uh, has ruled in her favour that the president's decision to suspend her was uh, was invalid, and uh, she had uh, called in sick. And the expectation from uh, from uh, uh, advocate Dalimpov was that. You know the, the proceedings ought to have been pro, uh, postponed, but also there was another. There's another matter as well that there's a court sitting on on Friday. Therefore, there the, 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 there was a request that the the proceedings uh, be postponed. Of course, Janki, uh, uh, the chairperson, uh, you know, refused to 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 uh, proceed with, or uh, decided to proceed with, with, with the with the session. And in that, then there was that heated exchange where, you know, uh, not only did uh, Dalimbo, advocate Dalimbofu raise the issue of, uh, you know, feeling that uh, he's being, uh, or the, the, the chairperson was being biased, was using, uh, or was, was being authoritative. He even mentioned uh, things such as he's actually senior to, to, to the chairperson 
in, in, in many ways. Mm. And, and I think, you know, again, in the court of public opinion, uh, uh, Twitter streets and social media seems to be divided. Uh, those uh, and, and again, it's nothing really unusual here where when people support the one party, it does not matter what that party does. Even if they were to do wrong, they would still support him. Those who are supporting uh, advocate, uh, who are supporting advocate uh, Kwebane, mm. they believe that uh, Dalimpov was right in, in, in doing that because, uh, in fact, you'd remember uh, earlier last month, there was an issue that advocate Dalimpov had raised around, you know, uh, possibly asking for the recusal of Gyangi as a chairperson because he believed that he was being, he was being biased. So it was almost giving them armament uh, to believe further that uh, you know, uh, uh, advocate Mkhabani is is being uh, is, is is really being put on the on the back foot, uh, considering how uh, the, how uh, Janki had been conducting himself. But those that feel that uh, advocate Mkhabani, you, you know, uh, should or, or at least the, the process should continue, they, they were expressing a feeling that no, listen, uh, the, the the chairperson was fair in in what he was saying because his point was really that the the Proceedings are recorded. Mm. Therefore, there's nothing that prejudices uh, Advocate Mkwebani, and uh, she will receive the she will receive the, the the recordings. But also, she was not the one that was on the stand. Therefore, there was really no need for her to be present uh, for the for 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 the proceedings to continue. So it's it's going to be yet another one uh, to observe how it it turns out. Is there a need, I mean, on a common sense level then, for Mpofu to want to wait for this uh, application of Friday where President Ramaphosa and the DA will appeal the lifting of Mkwebane's suspension, in your view? Uh, I, I suspect that it's, it's, again, more more of a legal strategy, right? Because, mm. uh, the, the, I guess, what they had hoped for, and they, as in uh, advocate Mkwebane's defense, remember, say, on Friday, they, they had the, the favorable court judgment in, in uh, uh, from the Western Cape High Court. Mm. Uh, Advocate Mkwebane had indicated that she will be going to work the following day, which was which was a Saturday. But of course, then there was a small matter of the, the judgment having to be uh, confirmed by the Constitutional Court. And uh, ever since uh, the, the Western Cape High Court judgment, you, you know, we had literally seen high drama where you know there were even statements uh, attributed to the acting deputy public protector, uh, who you know said that uh, was saying to to staff members that they should not. Oh, she's she's in charge. Uh, Advocate Mkhaban is not welcome because there's still a court process and the likes. So 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 I, I guess it's more the, the legal play more than anything, and and therefore. Uh, whether it's unreasonable or not, I, I, I don't think that it's, it's even something that you know uh, we could even talk about now. But more observing the legal strategy by uh, uh, the de- by, by in, in this case the defence uh, of uh, Advocate Mukwebane. Okay, let's talk Yachas uh, Fontaine mm-hmm. now. Hashtag. Uh, Mahlobo is to launch a legal action against Yachas uh, Fontaine mine workers, and this is when or after the walls of the dam at the mine. They collapsed on Sunday, causing mudslides that left an elderly man uh, dead and over 50 houses damaged. So the Water and Sanitation Deputy Minister David Mahlobo stepping in there. Yes, uh, you know, another another disaster uh, in, in, in the mining sector. And, and you know, if, if you consider that 
almost every year when whenever the mine in Daba sits they, there's uh, there's always a small uh, uh, community of uh, people that raises the issue around safety when it comes to mining and although they they, they had they even they even set up a, i think they called the alternative mining in Daba right where they, they would raise raise issues that includes uh, the the current mine mine operators and and mine owners uh, and how they deal with safety and even deal with those that you know now have to deal with uh, the rehabilitation uh, of closed mines including you know we know that a lot of the the zamazama or what what is referred to as zamazama artisanal mining uh, in, in in a lot of the shafts that have been closed down particularly the the the, the gold shafts uh, are as a result of you know uh, mine owners that would have had a derelict mine that is not being kept or, or at least maintained mm. maintained well. It, this here is the, another case of the Yachtsfontein mine, which was uh, you know uh, previously owned by DPRs. It was sold to a BEE uh, consortium back in 2010, and of course uh, it is reported that uh, two years ago already. Uh, th- th- there was an issue around, uh, uh, you know, the the, the, the just compliance uh, that had been issued by uh, p- particularly the Water and Sanitation uh, Department, and there had been a lack of uh, compliance from the mine. The biggest mm-hmm. question for me, Asanda, is, is that while there is almost, you know, uh, coming late to the party of Mashobo, you know, saying that, uh, you know, the owners will be charged and, and the likes, the biggest question is between the time the issue the the, the 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 issues around non-compliance were issued and now that the disaster has happened, what has been the obligation of government? What have they done? Because this is not the first time that uh, this kind of uh, mudslide is happening. Back in in, in 1994, uh, in the same Free State Province, there was another there was another uh, a, a mudslide which was a lot more disastrous. A lot more people, a lot more people had died, and and uh, you know, so, so so it's it's not like this this took many people by surprise, right? Mm. The biggest question here is government as the regulator. What have they what have what have they been doing? Then the president went there did his own observations as, you know, a head of state would be expected to show up in a major disaster like this. I think it was, in, in my view, it was terrible to hear him promise uh, the residents that, you know, the, their, their houses will be will be rebuilt. What is the role of the mine in actually, one, taking responsibility, two, rebuilding? Uh, we, we know that, you know, according to media reports, they've put aside... 20 million rands as part of the, the the recovery and rebuilding process. But I think the, the mine owners should actually take full responsibility. Should be liable for all the you know all the the the, the money that has to go into has to go into the rehabilitation of the residents that that, that have been affected by the smart slides. In that taking the full responsibility, is there any other avenue, or in your view, other than to prosecute management at the mine? As you say, I mean, the mine was ordered to comply with standards uh, as far back as 2021 already, but they failed to show that they had. So, so w- w- one of the things that uh, we have actually seen, particularly in the mining space, is that there have been a few uh, precedent-setting cases mm. uh, around, you know, some sort of. Uh, civil suits. You, you, you remember there was, I think, there was a class action by uh, Spore and Fisher 
in the issue of tuberculosis, uh, and, and, and they, they, they won that case, and eventually there was a huge settlement at some point. Uh, you know, again, uh, it, it was, you know, a, you know, just a demonstration that government had not even been intentional as a regulator. Because if you consider, even when you just look at the history of that case, you observe that uh, while there may have been acknowledgement by government through uh, media statements, speeches, uh, that, that, you know, the extractive economy had been detrimental to the lives of South Africans through many ways, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, the inhalation of asbestosis or, or many other uh, uh, chemicals that are detrimental to people's health mm. or minors' health in, in particular. There was no show of, you know, pushing harder for mining companies to pay reparations uh, and, and do a, a, a lot more. So here, I guess, the only avenue really where, which the Yacherson community will have is if, you know, uh, uh, some law firm uh, pro bono were to come to their aid and literally just sue, uh, you, you know, everything out of uh, the, the, the management and the owners of the, of the current mine. Okay, let's move to other matters on the continent outside of South Africa. Hashtag Ruto inauguration. The fifth president of Kenya there, William Ruto, being inaugurated and then several Kenyans being injured in a stampede at the stadium during that. Ah, you, you know, this was what, one of the biggest moments. And I, and I think what makes uh, uh, this moment big, at least in, in, in my view, is that, uh, you know, the, the one of, in, in 2007 we saw the Kenyan elections uh, you know, showing, or, or at least after the Kenyan elections, there was uh, violence, a uh, majority of, of it, uh, not only as a result of the actions between the, the, the political leaders, but there was, the, you know, there was uh, issues around uh, tribal, uh, you know, tribal actions where a number of people had died. So seeing, you know, although uh, uh, the Raila Odinga, who was contesting the current president, uh, had raised his objections, uh, in these elections, uh, you, you know, he still does not. He even did not attend uh, the the inauguration because he felt that, uh, or he said he said in a letter that uh, William Ruto is not a legitimate president uh, and the likes. But but I'm I'm happy that uh, you know we got to the inauguration, uh, you know, where Kenyans are not at war, uh, you, you know, with amongst themselves and 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 with themselves. And yesterday was a big day. And of course, the 60,000-seater Nairobi Stadium was packed to capacity uh, with, uh, you know, ordinary Kenyans, uh, visitors from from across uh, many many countries who came to to wish uh, uh, the fifth president of Kenya, uh, Dr. Ruto, uh, well. Unfortunately, seemingly, you know, there was a breach at one of the gates and there was a stampede. A number of people uh, were reported injured. Uh, but so far, none of the media reports uh, tell of a fatality. Uh, all the people that were taken in, into a number of, of hospitals uh, you know, are, are reported to have recovered, or at least have been uh, tended to, and, and they, are, they, they, they seem to, to be good. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the general sentiment, really, uh, on social media around the inauguration itself uh, seems to be you know, extremely positive. Uh, uh, Dr. Ruto's speech as well uh, seemed to have uh, struck uh, some chord. And I think uh, it's, it's really going to be interesting to see what his presidency yields uh, and his governance yields uh, for the Kenyan people for the next while.
And what he's promising to yield as part of that speech is that uh, uh, President Ruto wanting to address the soaring food prices that are one of the issues that Kenya is faced with by promising to empower agricultural producers to help bring down the cost of basic goods. How big of a task is this? I, I, I think it's going to be huge. It's going to be massive, considering that you know it's not th- this issue of uh, cost of a rising cost of living is not peculiar to to, to Kenya. You know, uh, the, you remember last week we spoke about uh, even the, the the UK residents, you know, rising against mm. their government. Uh, you know, having a big campaign, the Germans, uh, uh, you know, almost the, the world over. Uh, all of us are really, you know, struggling to cope. But it's going to be interesting to see how he deals with it from a, you know, from a systematic point of view. Because some of these things, I think, they are easier said than done. Particularly that, uh, you know, you know, ordinarily as agriculture, as an example, it's not only about, uh, or it's not only about him empowering the farmers. It's also about uh, access to market. It's also about, mm. you know, that some trade. Uh, where, where you know, if for instance they are exporting a crop, uh, they create uh, the kind of access to market. But also, it would be interesting to see whether it's also going to be, you know, uh, working harder on the African, uh, on the Free Africa Continental Trade Agreement, where you know he creates that kind of uh, market access for for the Kenyan farm, farmers, such that as they produce their yields, then a lot more uh, the markets. Are, are taking and buying buying their produce because in mm. my view that is the, really the only way that there could be there could be that of course there could be subsidies that they they provide for them but those will literally just be temporary relief and they are always never sustainable because you know that governments uh, you know have finite resources Talking about high cost of living we also have our woes in South Africa but we talk of the petrol price now where motorists can expect further decreases in the price of fuel in the coming months? Uh, you, you, you know, uh, there's a saying in Setswana, you know, we, we see it when, 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 or we believe it when we see it. Mm. Uh, but but, but, but the, the, the indications, at least, you know, with, with the, with the uh, cost of the, the uh, barrel of oil uh, per, per US, you know, against the US dollar, uh, seem to be in, in our favor, and the indications of the petrol price decrease in this month, uh, and and you know in, in in many instances, at least you know with the, with the AA, whenever they make a prediction of some sort, whether it's an upward or 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 an, or, or a decrease, uh, they they have not uh, been wrong so far, and and with, with mm-hmm. the with the latest report that there may be some relief to South Africans, you know, with the petrol possibly. Been cut by two rand four cents, uh, and and uh, just under a rand for for those who use diesel. I think it's you know it's it's quite a welcome relief. The biggest question, uh, Asanda, is uh, we know that generally, and and, and I've always made this you know uh, or example with with taxi owners that when they rise, when the petrol price go up, they will always raise their fares. But whenever it goes down, we hardly you know I've never seen any taxi operator or, uh, you know, uh, uh, reducing their, yeah. their, their affairs. So the biggest question is going to be uh, when the petrol price goes down, will we see uh, consumer food, uh, goods 
will we see you know a number of things that we we know that you know had increased uh, on our sh- in, in in the shelves in the shops will we see it, it decrease and i think uh, you know i'm i'm a little bit more skeptical uh, that, that, than than optimistic but as long as it does not go up i guess uh, uh, you know south african can uh, breathe a sigh, uh, sigh of relief. And the other big question is by how much is it going to go down? What are is saying? Do we know? I mean, we had a, a two rand uh, cut or over two rand, as you said, this month. Mm. Y- yes, uh, the, 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 the expectation really is, is anything between uh, one rand fifty or so uh, for, the, for the petrol and about 65 cents uh, for, for, for diesel. That, that, that is what 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 they 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 are uh, projecting, uh, and and thankfully uh, the, through the central energy fund through the Department of uh, Minerals and Energy they often uh, release their statement on the last Friday of of every month. Uh, I don't know if they they still do it as you know as uh, religiously as that, mm. uh, but uh, as per tradition ordinarily on the last Friday of the month we would get uh, an indication of you know whether these numbers. Uh, are you know spot on or are a little bit off? Uh, but but like I said, uh, you know they they hardly ever uh, off the mark uh, in terms of uh, what, what unless something dramatic happens between now and now and the end of the month. For instance, you know they, they we know that the Ukraine uh, Ukraine Russia war has been quite instrumental in some of uh, the, the the challenges that we ex- that that we are experiencing with regards to the production of oil uh, and, and the cost of fuel. I think that's what you said. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> okay, let's end off on uh, Twitter then. The shareholders, they've approved Elon Musk's uh, buyout offer of $44 billion US dollars. Uh, Twitter was uh, sold to the billionaire, multi-billionaire, in April. Yes. Uh, I, I, I think this, this, you know, this, this one, one that is going to be quite interesting, because uh, you, you know, uh, typically, typical of uh, Elon Musk, where he has, you know, a majority or, or a number of the deals that he has done, they have not always been conventional, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and this was uh, one of those where uh, he comes in, makes an offer to buy to buy Twitter. There's a what you know is said to be a fair market value. Shareholders, uh, you know, had had a preliminary uh, agreement to 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 go and sell Twitter, and then he pulled out of the deal. And of course, after pulling out of the deal, they felt that uh, they believe that uh, the reasons of pulling out have put has put uh, 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 Twitter, uh, you know, as a company and as a business uh, into disrepute. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a case that's going to be sitting now in in, in the U.S. in Delaware where they filed a lawsuit. Where they they are they are praying to the court to to force uh, Elon Musk to fork, fork out the 44 billion rands, uh, 44 billion US dollars uh, that uh, he had agreed uh, to, to 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 buy Twitter for, so that you know they then don't have to deal with the fallout of because you know the the biggest issue that uh, Elon Musk had raised was that uh, Twitter had refused to share critical information because uh, as I understood the, his intention of buying Twitter was so that he can monetize uh, the platform and of course monetizing the platform means you know using my data your data and everyone else who's a user on Twitter the concern that they had raised uh, on their part or at least as far as it is reported is that they wanted to know what is the 
accounts mm. uh, and, and, and and you know the, the, the proportion of it versus you know the, the, the regular users because as they do their projections they could then know uh, you know what 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 is the close to real picture and they felt that uh, Twitter had not been forthcoming with that information therefore hence they pulled out of hence they pulled out of the, of the deal of course their case was uh, you know uh, uh, given a, a lot of uh, credence and credibility by uh, the, the, the one of the, the former uh, Twitter security uh, heads, who is now uh, you know a, a whistleblower, uh, who is reporting that uh, Twitter indeed uh, Twitter was not doing well in terms of security. In fact, I think that there's a quote where, where he was uh, uh, reported to have said that even if uh, you know you, you try to close the gates uh, or, or you, you, you try to, to lock the gates. Uh, there, there are no, there are no keys, or, or you know, or there are no security so, or officers or, or something to, to that effect. Meaning that you know, Twitter had not prioritized security. Therefore, you know, the, the risk is a lot higher for anyone who's trying to to, to buy Twitter. So as the, the case sits uh, from October, it's going to be interesting because, and you know, I've said this a number of times when we've had this engagement that the one of the, the you know, best things about litigation is that, you know, uh, people have to file uh, their arguments and in filing that argument, in filing those arguments, you then get testimonies and in many of those, you then get to hear the real truth, even about things that ordinarily you and I would not have known. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, from October as the courts, as the uh, court sits, uh, what comes out uh, in terms of the truth of, you know, what Twitter may have been hiding and I guess it's going to be interesting for all of us who are users uh, of Twitter to hear whether you know these claims around uh, security, the lack of security, as it is reported, whether it is true or not. Twitter had previously said that about 5% of its accounts are fake, according to their knowledge. Could he not have just gone with that figure and then maybe take it to do his own research of that? Do you think maybe he was getting cold feet here? I mean, if I buy a car from you, I'm not going to know every single thing that was wrong with the car previously. I mean, some of it might be small issues that you just dealt with and moved on. I, I, I suspect the, 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 the challenge here, and again, it's, you, you know, using your, your analogy of, of, you know, selling the car. Remember, there used to be a, a, a law call or a rule called you buying a, an asset food steward, right? Mm. Which, which then does not place any liability on me as the seller to you in case there, you know, there, there are things that are wrong, uh, with whether it's you know a movable or immovable or uh, movable uh, asset, right? Mm. And, and I guess the challenge here, what, what what he may have been having cold feet on, is that what if that number is greater than five percent, and these guys already have their, their the money in their bank accounts? So how do I hold them to you know uh, whatever uh, uh, you know greater risk that 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 that, that, that is there? And, and 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 perhaps it may have been that is the real issue that is, that, that is raising. But also it could be a typical Elon Musk kind of maverick way of you know remember how he even raised the issue of should I buy? You remember he asked the question on 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 uh, Twitter should I buy Twitter? And mm-hmm. of course a lot of people said yes. And then he went on to to and and not too many people actually do that. You know they they do their due diligence first and only at some point. Then you hear about uh, you know some sort of uh, uh, deal already at advanced stages. 
so 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 it may also have been that you know as a way of expressing his discontent because remember his biggest issue had always been that uh, uh, banning uh, personalities such as Donald Trump is not the right way, right? Okay. Of course, a number of uh, 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 civil society organizations also believe that him, uh, you know, uh, buying Twitter was also going to embolden uh, white supremacists, particularly uh, fr- fr- from, the, from the U.S. So it may also have been a him just, uh, you know, cocking a snook with Twitter, trying to, you know, uh, put them in a very difficult position. And here I'm just, you know, going more towards speculation more than anything. But I'm just saying that it could be a number of scenarios uh, why we are here. All right. Well, we'll leave it on that note. And uh, always great catching up with you, uh, Lorato. Anything uh, out of the ordinary planned for the week? Uh, so on, on, on Friday, I'll, I will be in, in Cape Town where, you, you know, again, you know, I'm part of the, the civil society organizations that are worried about uh, the, the, electoral, the, 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 amend, the electoral amendment bill mm-hmm. uh, as it has been presented by the Department of, of Home Affairs. Uh, we, you know, the, and again, we're going to be raising the issue, you know, our discontent on, on, on how, uh, you know, we feel that it was uh, improper for the minister to one, you know, use the ministerial advisory committee to, uh, you know, have them put together two reports, the minority report and the majority report. And they decided to put or to go with the minority re- minority report, which, you know, uh, does little to uh, do what the constitutional court judgment had intended back in 2020 when they asked parliament to say that they need to uh, relook relook at, at, at this law. We have until the 22nd of September to make submissions uh, to, to, to parliament. There's been a public participation process. So uh, I'm, uh, this is, I'm just participating. Uh, you know, I'm one of the public mem- members of the public uh, participating in this process. All right. Well, as I always say, our social commentators are leaders of this world. There you go. (laughs) Just proving it and reminding us again. Thank you so much uh, for your time, Lorato. Good morning to you and to the listeners. Have a good week to you too. Lorato Sekeng is CEO of Decode Communications and social commentator discussing trending news.